You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. the identification check. It's 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Welcome to the gala. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Holly Amos. And tonight it's time to pick up where we left off with Picard season two. This week's episode two of one. We've got two Picards and there's at least two voices inside Agnes's head. As always, we want to hear from you in the Facebook chat and live with us. You know what to do. Click on the Zoom link. Call us, 669-900-6833, enter the meeting code and password, and you will be in the old green room. Yes. My voice is very messed up. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to talk about that. We'll find <laughs> out why. But yes, that is indeed what to do. You click the thing or you pick up your smartphone and you tap on the smart uh, one tap link uh, and you call us and uh, you'll be connected with Earl. And now I am told that a lot of people just hang out in the Earl Green Room. That's fine, too. You can do that. But, you know, you probably have things to say. And then you can uh, say them to me and Holly because we're happy to hear your opinions on Star Trek Picard Season 2. And here we are past the halfway point with two of one looking forward to what everybody has to say but before we get to that before we even welcome everybody who is in the uh, the chat right now i see you all hanging out saying hi i'm gonna get right over to you in a moment but first i gotta talk to holly what's the deal with your voice a lot of scream talking and overstimulation of being social again at mission chicago and, I got uh, home this morning. <laughs> you did. Well, thank you for coming here after traveling all the way back from Chicago this morning. Nice to see you again. And uh, so just, you know, in a nutshell, good show, fun. You want to do it again? Yeah, good show. I'm looking forward to Seattle next year. I think, um, you know, there's there was a few things that were a little bit shaky and that, I mean, we're still coming out of COVID, so I don't really blame them for anything but um you know they did a show in new york in 2016 and that was reed pop's first show and um i think a lot of people were were unaware of that but i I feel like this show was better produced and might have had a better turnout even though we're coming out of the pandemic so um yeah i'm looking forward to seattle next year i think it'll be a good show well i'm sorry worked out Sorry to miss Chicago. Yes, there are bugs to be worked out, but uh, Seattle is very cool and it's particularly cool in May. So I'm glad to be uh, potentially going there next May. I look forward to that show. And uh, right right away in the chat, Paul Wright saying, already missing my Mission Log fam from Chicago. You got to hang out with Paul. I did. We had a little gathering in a, in a suite that happened to yeah. be in the same hotel I was staying at. So that was convenient. Hosted by another Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so at least two Pauls represented there. Tracy Coco is there. Hashtag bring back Lieutenant J. There's Cosmo. There's Kim. There's Barry. Barry, who happens to be in L.A. right now and checking out Mission Log Live. I might be seeing Barry and Beth very soon. Uh, let's see. There's Tom. There's Carly. There's Jane. There's Alan, the meme king of Mission Log. Uh, so let's see who else we got. Mike, we got Chris. Uh, oh, there he is. That's who I was looking for with the greetings to Holly and John. Bob Amos. Hi, Dad. <laughs> so I wanted to see. There's Dave. There's other Dave. There's other Paul. So I believe we're on our way to a Paul Fecta. Not quite yet. Scott Palm, very happy to see you here tonight. Scott, who has relaunched his business site. And uh, Scott, who lives in Seattle. 
So I imagine we'll be seeing Scott next year at Yay. Mission Seattle. There's Nick, our old friend, Nick DeGood. There's Kim, uh, so many great people. There's Tate, there's Benjamin. Awesome to see you all. Thank you. Keep that chat going and you know what to do. You're going to hop on the line with us. You're going to talk to Earl and then Earl's going to drop you in. I know that we've got a couple of people waiting already. This should be a very interesting episode to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I will just very quickly let everybody know what's happening in Mission Log land so that we can jump over to the recap. This week on Mission Log, of course, still covering Voyager season one, Thursday, it's Eye of the Needle. So I look forward to dropping that episode and I look forward to chatting with everybody on Mission Log After Dark about said episode on Thursday afternoon. On Mission Log Prodigy, they're on a break right now, but don't worry, there's more coming. This is the perfect opportunity to catch up, listen to all those episodes you may have list and, uh, missed, and all those great supplemental episodes like two interviews with the Hageman brothers. We have our recap episodes. So if you haven't caught up on Prodigy, do it. There is more to come. Mission Log The Orville. Okay, get ready. They are back on Wednesday, April the 13th, with the finale of season two. The road not taken. Do not miss it. And then Mission Log The Orville will be back in the coming weeks with some very special supplemental interview episodes that you will not want to miss. So if you are not following them now, go subscribe, go follow, and then make sure you follow them at ML underscore The Orville on Twitter. And uh, oh, hey, as far as Mission Log Me and Norman as well, make sure you go check out the backlog and the brand new episodes starting this week, starting today of Engage. That where we engage with your comments and questions and uh, tackling everything that's there. New shows are up as of today. And as always, make sure you stay in touch with all of our podcasts at podcast.roddenberry.com, where all the shows are listed and all the ways you can connect, follow, and subscribe to them. All right, you ready? You ready for a recap? Yeah. yeah. You, you don't have a choice. So. Well, no, I was looking at how long it is, and I'm surprised that it's as long as it is, given that it was only a 38-minute episode. You know, I would say there were two ways to do this. Like, like one way would be to write about three sentences. Like, uh, they all go to a party, Picard meets Picard, he talks her into staying, and then he gets hit by a car. Good night. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I threw in a little more detail, so here we go. We'll just knock right through it. Season 2, Episode 6, 2 of 1. Admiral Picard is knocked out on the pavement, blood trickling from his nose, so you know something absolutely did not go right. Time for a flashback. At the start of the gala for the Europa mission, Agnes Gerardi is where she was in the security office, just waiting for her chance to knock out the guards with a tranquilizer gas so she can override the ID system. It works just in time to get Rios, Picard, and all the others into the party. All that's fine, but Agnes still had the Borg Queen swimming around in her head. Is anybody's guess who's really pushing the buttons? Agnes rejoins the party, all the while the Borg Queen in her head, taunting her about lying to her friends and making room in her body for the occupancy by the Queen herself. Elsewhere, Rafi, Rios, and Seven mingle while keeping an eye on Rene. Rios is kind of enjoying the stay in the 21st century. There's the intensity of all the stuff. And then there's also Dr. Ramirez. Rafi warns him not to get too mixed up with someone from a different century. Seven is doing all right, too. It's a whole different experience being freed from her Borg implants, but Rafi's got her eye on her, too. 
Then there's Rene, having a few drinks, clearly consumed by doubts, clearly distracted by everything. She's texting her therapist, Q, who is still encouraging her to quit the mission. And at this point, Picard decides he needs to intervene. He radios Agnes, who is in her own world with the Borg Queen anyway, until Rios talks to her. She's clearly out of it and is forced slash forces a kiss with Rios because, hey, resistance, am I right? The closer Picard gets to Rene, he is intercepted by Dr. Sung, who has the upper hand. If he can't talk Picard out of his business there with him and Q, he'll bully him with money. Sung has joined the board through donation and now uses his power to have security keep an eye on Picard and usher him out. The others, aware their time is limited, try to keep an eye on Renee, but the Borg Queen, through Gerardi's head, improvises. She shuts down power in the place long enough for Picard to elude security, while Dr. Gerardi entertains the crowd with an old jazzy musical number by Pat Benatar. The Borg Queen is subly impressed and reinvigorated by all the endorphins. She even tells Agnes that she's taking over for a little while, which uh, Agnes can do nothing about. All of this gives Picard enough time to catch up with Rene. He is a stranger to her, but he gives her some words of wisdom about not giving in to fear. She's suitably refreshed and ready to join her fellow astronauts for a photo op, and the two Picards take a shortcut outside to get back. When they do, however, Dr. Sung is there in his Tesla to try to take out Rene, only she is pushed out of the way and Jean-Luc takes the hit. Rios and the gang come running, and they rush to Dr. Ramirez's clinic. The doctor is stumped. Picard isn't waking up and even burns out her defibrillator, but at least his vitals are stable. He just isn't waking up. Meanwhile, across town in his cool Malibu hexagon home, Dr. Sung stumbles in, looking much worse for wear, and starts rambling to his daughter, Kore, about creation and the why of it all. Dad needs help. Oh, Dad needs to sleep this off, obviously. So when he's away, Corey does what she's not done up until now. Google her dad. He's a mad scientist, if you believe the press, and he's been working in genetics for years. More ominous, though, is the collection of photos and videos of kids who look like herself but are not her. They are creations of Sung, and none of them live too long. Corey comes to the realization that she is one of many. In the clinic, the only one with a new plan to help Picard is Talen. Over the objections of Rafi, she proposes a kind of mind meld facilitated by her neuro-optic interceptor. Out of options, it's the best way to go. And the team have nothing else to lose except Agnes, who is wandering barefoot under the Borg Queen's control down an empty L.A. City street. The end. See, not too long. Yeah, you got everything in. There is pretty a lot much. that happens in 38 minutes. It was just pretty concise, right? Like I read somewhere that it was the shortest live action Star Trek other than any of the short treks, if you count those. Right. Yeah. Well, worked out for me because I actually had to watch it on the way from the airport <laughs> to the convention because I was like, if I don't watch this, it's going to get ruined yeah. for me. Oh, sure. So I watched yeah. it. I was like my Uber driver. I was like, can I do you mind? <laughs> um, and, I, and it took an hour to get there. So I watched the whole thing and I was like, oh, it's only 38 minutes. What? Yeah, super short, super easy. So I was kind of glad, though. But I well, look, I, I'm going to save my thoughts on why and kind of how it is with the story, because I I want to hear what other people have 
have to say first, but that was definitely one of the first things that stood out to me about this episode. But what do you say we go to our first caller, callers, plural. Yeah, plural, two of See what they have to say. One. We have the vice, <laughs> two of one. We have the vice admiral and Julie joining us. How you doing? I'm great. Both of you, I hope yeah. you're the same. You? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No, okay. <laughs> no cracks have yet opened up in the earth. So <laughs> <laughs> very cool to see you two hanging out. Uh, that's awesome. Wait, now wait. Who who's traveling? Where? Who, where neither of you were in Chicago, were you? No, no. no. Julie okay. scared me. Right on. Very I'm in cool. Godforsaken Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of the nicer neighborhoods of Cleveland. Is Godforsaken Cleveland? So that's not saying much, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've had good times in Cleveland and I expect that both of you will too. So what is on your minds collectively two of one? You can go first. You have way more to say than I do. So I've been thinking about this, John, especially tonight's episode and all the little tiny clues that look like they're not clues, but I think are, and it is this, I don't think Renee is anything but a red herring. Uh, I think uh-huh. the entire focus here, the reason we get to the future we saw is because Soon succeeds with Corey. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't doubt that idea. I don't know if it's the correct one, but I, I can see how you'd arrive there. And um, I, I don't doubt the, the the veracity of getting there simply because, A, look, this is a show that is 10 episodes long. They're going to keep trying to throw us little, little uh, divergences, uh, little distractions to keep us off the path of what's really happening. And I think you were the one who brought up in the Discord early on. You said, well, like, we don't even know if Renee's presence on that mission is the correct outcome. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot unknown here. I do think that Renee is going to end up being less important than Sung. Um, Q could have chosen anyone to do his bidding. He chose Sung for a reason. And I don't Mm. think that reason is we wanted to cast Brent Spiner. Not that that isn't a bad (laughs) reason in and of itself, but I don't think that's it. That's certainly not an in-universe reason. I, I mean, we do know that Sung plays some sort of significance because we see, you know, that holographic statue of him in the first episode. Exactly. Um, So he, I mean, and that's what I'm waiting for. Actually, this connection that they made of, of him making a substantial donation to get on the board. I was like, oh, that was fairly obvious, but I didn't even think of that because I was waiting for the connection that Q's made between Renee going on this mission and what does Soong have to do anything? And then what does Soong have to do with? He's trying to put Picard and Soong together. And I, I, yeah, and I think that's because his, he initially, what we think is when he showed up, he was just going to snap Renee out, which would have given Picard enough reason to show up in the first place. He just wants Picard here now to meet Sung in some way so that maybe it's Picard's technology that saves Corey. Right. But OK, but then my question is, though, OK, so we all we know that, you know, Ramirez is having issues with you know, her defibrillator burns out and like, she's, she's figuring stuff out that like, he's a synthetic body. Um, so all the transplants, right. All the transplants, like they have that car, all the, how many, (laughs) all of them. Um, so at what point though, if he, if he is trying to, if he's screwing with eugenics and Corey is a result of that 
and he meets Picard and somebody finds out that that's a synthetic. And how does he go from that extreme to the other? Because he's very, the only thing that we hear this hologram saying in the first episode is that, you know, a a human galaxy is a safe galaxy. So I feel like anything that is alien to a natural human being he's against, which is not what's happening right now. Well, if it saves her, if it saves Corey and makes his work finalizable, Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to him. Maybe the ends justify the means, right? Could oh. be. The um, the reaction that Picard had when he runs into Soong at the party was amazing, though. Oh, yeah. That was pretty epic. That oh, was yeah. They did so much without saying a word. Yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. Also, the the genes the genes run uh, run deep in that Soong family. Oh, yes. <laughs> the seed is strong. <laughs> By the way, uh, Rand pointing out the obvious. Uh, Julie is not really there in person. She's just steering the vice admiral from within his mind. Um, so, yes, that, that is that is correct. That is absolutely correct. Um, I want to know. Well, and, as, I, as I want to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> duh. Yeah. I, I want to ask uh, uh, the collective here. Mm-hmm, that's the word. Um, <laughs> any more speculation on what is wrong with Q or what Q's motivation may be? Because that's that still quite the mystery. Question. Yeah. Something's wrong. We don't know what, though. Well, we don't know how much is wrong. We don't know what if he can do nothing, if he can do some things, but not the thing he wanted to do in that scene we saw. Yeah. We really know very little about what his limitations are and why. I, I certainly hope the explanation is not disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as right. always. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. what if it's that there is no Q continuum in this universe? Ooh. But does he need the continuum for his powers? Well, I think he needs them for the yeah, big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. To snap. I mean, if, if I don't know what he was trying to do to Renee at the end of about the rest of the continuum. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which which episode does he try to yeah. snap Renee and nothing happens? Was he just trying to snap her out of existence and now right. he has to involve all these other people to stop her? Just sitting there in Jackson Roy Kirk Plaza like nobody's watching. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Talon even asks Picard at some point, "Why doesn't he just snap her out of existence?" And I'm yeah. like, "I think he tried to do that, the whole yeah. Thing. yeah, and it didn't work." You know, all of this just hurts my brain. For me, the episode was about the Borg Queen Agnes buddy team. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just want to watch that forever. They, they need to get their own series, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a lot I, of fun. I just want to watch that. And I want to know if, John, you are, are actively looking for her or actively trying to avoid her. Because well, <laughs> you know she's out there in 2024 Los Angeles. That's very true. And Wandering. Look, and I love downtown. Some of my favorite restaurants and, uh, and clubs are downtown. So, look, you know, if you see me walking around looking for a uh, barefoot psychopath, uh that's and a that might be red right. dress and a great red dress yeah, yeah people are gonna people are gonna cosplay the heck out of that i'm really excited i'm looking forward oh yeah to absolutely it's a beautiful oh, dress and, and i do have to say that i mean seven of nine's asymmetrical dress yes. that was very cool okay. that all she of the looked, women looked amazing they all look fabulous i mean come the, on the costume yeah. department said we get to put hot women in ball gowns <laughs> yes <laughs> let's do that that sounds like a good excuse for an episode um which uh will probably bring me to my point about the timing but uh d- any final thoughts here before we move on to our next caller i think we've like We've monopolized enough time, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, well, certainly not. But I wanted to make sure you got out the the important thoughts. As always, great to see both of you. 
And Likewise. Have a wonderful time, guys. And what a cool surprise to see both of you. Yeah. Take care. Have a great evening and uh, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Take care. Um, all right, let's go ahead and bring on Liz Tate says more classy than a cat suit. Well, I don't know. Depends, depends on where you're going, you know. Uh, let's see here. Q Sam says Q was trying to snap self-doubt into Renee. Ah. Then he had to play therapist. Ah, interesting, interesting. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk to Alan, who is patiently waiting here, and let's see who Alan is with. I mean, maybe maybe he's got a uh, a buddy on the call as well. <laughs> let's see. No, no, no. Okay. Alan, singular Alan. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Tonight? One of one. <sighs> yeah. One of one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, flying, flying solo tonight. You know, <laughs> it's just one of those. I don't even have my lower decks buddies with me. No but, need uh, to apologize. We know they can come back when and if you want them. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm sure that by season three, everything will be copacetic. So. Yeah. Ren says, says it'll be Julie again. <laughs> Just having <laughs> <laughs> every call. That would be awesome. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, Alan, what is on your mind tonight about two of one? Well, um, I, I also want to talk a little bit about Corey and uh, specifically, um, I'd like to play the name game uh, because after that rather fascinating scene at the very end i uh quickly got on uh got online and started googling and big red flags uh uh popped up uh when i uh googled corey and the persephone page uh came up yeah. oh I, persephone, I believe that, Despone, yeah. Despone, yep. Despone, Despone. that was it yeah yeah there were and artemis Mm -hmm. Yep, those were the five names that I could make out um, just from listening and from watching on the, the the closed captioning. And of those five, three of them are names of Persephone. There's Persephone, Corey, and Persephetta. Um, oh. uh, and of the other two, they are uh, half-sisters of, of Persephone. Uh, Despoina is a daughter of Demeter, as is Persephone. And Artemis is a daughter of Zeus, as is Persephone. <clears throat> Although there is, um, yeah, the, we'll get we'll get to a secondary connection maybe in a little bit here. But um, yeah, looking at that name, uh, Soon's got a thing. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe a little bit of a god complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. And uh, when you consider that Persephone... Uh, being the queen of the underworld um, in mythology. Thank you, Hades Town, for refreshing my memory on that stuff. Um, but uh, also being a, a symbol of immortality as it relates to her coming back every year from the underworld. Uh, it kind of, kind of put me in mind of a, a of a different Doctor Soon and a different creation of his. And a conversation about why humans have children. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely connect that. See, that that is, I mean, for better or for worse, that that is one of the weird things about hinging everything on the Sung family for literally hundreds of years. Because somewhere along the line, there was a Sung who just wanted to open up like a nice sandwich <laughs> shop. Um, <laughs> you know, had to be. Had I just want to make milkshakes. 
Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with that. You should go make like an amazing milkshake. So um, I want to I meet the unambitious soon. <laughs> yeah, they might be cool to hang out with. They'd I just be easy to dance. Yeah, they'd easy be, be easy to spot. You, you know exactly what they look like. <laughs> yeah, guy that yep. looks like Data. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I also I kind of wondered uh, just purely comedically like. How, you know, it, it takes. We don't know how long these creations are are living. We, we don't, but it, clearly, it's a short time, and they haven't had a lot of time to go well Google themselves or their father, and he's yeah. keeping them essentially locked up. Like, I, I guess, does nobody visit them, and nobody wonder, like, hey, you just had this daughter who was this old a minute ago, and now they're gone, and now oh, yeah. there's somebody else, like. That doesn't raise any red flags. I I don't know. I mean, he he certainly was talking about his daughter a lot when he was with the the board members, and yeah, uh, the fact that well, and you know, when come to think of it, uh, I think in the swimming episode, uh, the swimming scene, uh, the previous week, he had talked about her uh, missing a decade or two of of life experiences, right. Maybe right. she just didn't have them. Maybe she's like a year old and rapid aging is part of the, the Sung, the Sung, uh, genetic, uh, milkshake. Oh, milkshake. Yeah. Bring it back hey. to milkshakes. Bring it yeah, back. Bring yeah. It back. Um, I, I do, you know, Hey, with, with all of that, for all the shortcomings of the Sungs, I have to say that they're all pretty well adjusted. The, the kids seem to be given those oh, yeah. inherent limitations. So he did something right there. <laughs> I'd yeah. just be angry that he was making me sleep on a couch. Yeah, well, of course, of course. <laughs> Why doesn't you know. she have a bed? Why is she sleeping yeah. on the couch? It's so random. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a little weird. And again, getting back to the, to the, to the Greek mythology stuff, you know, I, mentioned that uh artemis is a daughter of zeus but in some at least in one thing that i read she's also connected again to demeter as a symbol of fertility and and, it, and an aid for childbirth and so it it all not just comes back to persephone but also demeter too which makes me again wonder why isoprionis is the model for this is there a demeter that he's trying to recreate in some ways as a daughter uh, uh -huh. i appreciate the deep dive on the greek yeah yeah well i i was like i said i was fascinated and i was like that's a lot of names yeah i wonder and i was just going to start to just google them off uh, individually and yeah just like the first one corey persephone Boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. By the way, uh, Holly Jane is agreeing with you in the chat. Right on, Holly. What up with the couch? See? You I know, mean, people want to know. I'm sitting on the couch right now. They're not comfortable to sleep on, though. Yeah. On the couch. Give, her, yeah. give her some memory foam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Memory Her foam along bed. with all the implanted memories. Maybe that's part of the thing. Maybe she has a memory of sleeping on a very comfortable bed. So, <laughs> you know, that yes. might be one of the alterations. Yeah. Um if only. Any, any other thoughts tonight, Alan? Well, I do I do have a, a question for you guys. Yes. Um, because I had a one one slight uh uh, quibble with this 
this episode, similar to one that I had for an episode of Discovery, uh, I wasn't a, I, I didn't quite dig Stormy Weather as a song to sing to oh, someone as a comfort. I have a fun fact about this. Ah, I was going to say, I, I think yeah. I know the song. The, the same fact, but go ahead. Oh, okay. oh, you go, then you go. go. Oh, yes. No, were you, were you saying uh, the, the thing on the ready room that Frank said about uh, it originally being feeling good? Tonight? Yes, they changed it yeah. because Allison Pill was concerned that using feeling good by Nina Simone would be inappropriate, given the fact that it was uh, basically a civil rights anthem. So mm. they changed it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but. The, at the same. <clears throat> oh no! Oh no! We're getting interrupted. We've lost Adam. Yeah, you know, it's it's the Borg Queen canceling yeah. cellular communication. Oh no! All right. Well, Adam. Uh, Adam. What am I saying? Alan. Alan. Alan I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to you. And actually, this will be a moment that we can chat a little bit and then talk about our our winner for tonight's uh, giveaway of No Man's Land. Um, but I. I let's talk about that musical scene. I, I feel like other people might uh, call in about that as well. Yeah, I have in the notes. I just have a bunch of question marks because it. Does, <laughs> I mean, I get why they're trying to distract so that Picard can get away. But I was like, wow, this is really abrupt and feely feels out of place. Um, yeah, I didn't know Alison Pill could sing like that. Uh, apparently she can. Yeah. Good so, for her. Yeah, good for her. Um, and it is one of those weird TV tropes, movie tropes, where somebody starts singing and the band just knows it. And, and the band right. is perfect. And, and they don't question it. Like, here's somebody else who we don't know, and they're just starting to sing. So I guess we'll go along with it. Like, I mean, the, the whole thing, though, like that whole, the whole gala that they're in and like that mm -hmm. happening, I was like, yeah, this feels like a Dixon Hill program yeah now i've never tried that i was at a jazz show last weekend and i didn't actually like knew some of the songs that the band was playing i didn't just presume to walk on stage <laughs> and start singing them uh that's just not anything that i would but you do. weren't trying to distract the security so that picard could get away either no that's true and i was not wearing that dress so that's the other thing <laughs> counting against me. So very true. Now, I, here's the thing. I, I don't want to be a downer for this episode because I, I think this was an interesting, fun kind of breaking the format episode. This felt a little like a Mission Impossible mission where you have the whole team working together. They got to infiltrate a place. They got to distract security. They got to find their target. Like had a very Mission Impossible feel to it. And I'm fine with that because look, Star Trek and Mission Impossible were kind of sister shows there at uh, Desilu, and it, it just, whenever Star Trek can break its own format like that, fine, I'm cool with that. The thing that felt really weird to me is that this story could have been 20 minutes that were part of another story. Right. And I feel like the reason that this is a singular, very short episode is that it almost feels like the writers, producers, whomever, whomever is uh, uh, pulling the strings there decided, uh, look, we have all these ideas that we really like that we can't 
just let go of. So we're going to stretch this out into a 30 plus minute episode on its own. That'll fill our, you know, that, that'll get us to 10. Right. So we can get to our 10 episodes. Whereas otherwise really a, a, a little more draconian editor could come in and say, no, look, really all you need to do is just get Picard in the same room with Renee and let them have that talk. And then Sung try to kill Picard. Like that, right. that's all that needs to actually be yeah. accomplished here. Well, that's I'm, it. I'm curious to see, you know, do a, when, once we get through it all and do a rewatch and really like if there's some some things that don't don't get tied up at the end or that t- get tied up a little bit too conveniently, I'm going to say that maybe this episode should have been more concise and part of another episode storyline as well. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like there's the potential for them to have to cram a bunch of stuff at the end because there was a little bit of wasted time that could have been more concise. Right. Yeah. It just, it, it had a weird feel to me for that to be a sh- very short episode that also feels like it's stretching for time. <laughs> you right. know, yeah. they, they did both of those things with, with one thing. Uh, Chris Riker says Pat Benatar is huge in the 25th century. Uh, yes. Um, uh, along with space rockers Andromeda, Go watch that episode if you haven't. Um, and let's say, oh, and then Tate says maybe one of the later episodes is longer than normal. I mean, it could be. And, and yeah, I, I mean, do, they don't they yeah. don't have to stick to any sort of like network TV forty five minutes so that commercials can fit in around it. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Oh, and I like this. Chris says I actually wish they'd added another five minutes to flesh out Renee's character. And, you know, I'm actually, I would be cool with that from either the previous episode or this one. I mean, this one takes place entirely in that space, almost entirely in the space of that gala. Um, I would have liked more of her that isn't just kind of the bare bones that we've gotten now. She's ambitious. She's smart. But she's She's also also battling, yeah, battling this depression and panic and fear. All great stuff all makes sense, but I do feel like we need a little more about her. So I get it. Hey, um, we have Paul and Cosmo and Chris standing by. More of you who have not called in yet, you have time because we're going to talk to all of you tonight. I feel like it. But before we get there, we are going to tell you very quickly about our sponsor tonight and uh, our sponsor for, let's see, I believe tonight is week five. So only one more opportunity. Let me make this very, very clear. Anybody within the sound of my voice who has not followed us on Twitter and not used hashtag Mission Log Live with the book title No Man's Land, the contest resets every week. So there are new chances to win every single week. So we'll get that out there in a couple of days. But tonight, we are going to tell you all about the book again and about tonight's winner. So you too can win a copy. You just use the hashtag start. Well, you can use Star Trek Picard, but that is the audio drama for No Man's Land. Our hashtag mission log live. Make sure you put that and the book title No Man's Land. Just put it out there because we're going to follow those tags and we will announce a winner on this show every Monday night for six weeks. Again, this is week five. You got one more week to do it. So uh, before I tell you who the winner is, Holly, would you do us the honor of telling us about the audiobook? Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, and awesome. I and I finished it. I finished it on the way to oh, cool. uh, on the way to the cool. show, and it's it's great. Uh, no Man's Land takes place between seasons one and two of Picard. Seven of nine and Rafi. Um, they're trying to get some R and R, but then they get interrupted, as you always do in the Star Trek world. Um, and they are have to team up to rescue a mysterious ageless professor 
who is being endangered by a vicious Romulan warlord. Um, and we get to tentatively explore the attraction hinted at in the finale of Picard season one. And we're seeing a little bit of that in this season too. Uh, no Man's Land is an original fully dramatized Star Trek adventure written and produced exclusively for audio, complete with synthetic. No, not synthetic, authentic we're not doing synthetic things. It's, <laughs> hard. Uh, it's fully immersive, seamless experience. No Man's Land is the work of Kirsten Beyer, who is a co-creator, writer, and producer for Picard, and Mike Johnson, who is a veteran contributor to the Star Trek comics at IDW. Yay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're going to see them soon? Uh, you are going to see them soon. I believe it'll be two weeks from tonight that Ooh. we will all see them. So, Yay. yeah, stick around for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Jerry Ryan is seven of nine. Michelle Hurd is Rafi. Uh, Fred Tatashore is also in it. Fun Yay, fact, Fred. I talked to some of the guys at Lower Decks and they didn't even know that Fred did. It. Uh, they're like, yeah, he's in other parts of the universe. So that's great. Uh, Star Trek storylines have long challenged assumptions and contributed to real cultural progress. And the same sex attraction as the basis of No Man's Land. No Man's Land continues this tradition. Uh, it is published with the full support and participation of CBS. Uh, Star Trek, Paramount, creative promotional team. So everybody's on board. Yeah. And what you need to know is that, you know, unlike an audio book, a traditional audio book, where it might be like, you know, a dozen hours of a narrative, this is done like a radio <laughs> drama, like a play with these characters in real time. And you hear the sound effects and it's very cool. It's just an awesome thing to listen to. Uh, let's see. And actually in the chat, Jane says, listen to No Man's Land. Good story. Nice to fill in the missing time between season one and season two. So take it from Jane. If you don't take it from us, there you go. Uh, tonight's winner is Cherie. Cherie Marie Lee on Twitter and uh, often a caller to the show. So congratulations, Cherie, uh, just email us and we will get you connected with your free download for No Man's Land. Remember, follow us at Mission Log Pod. Use that hashtag Mission Log Live with the book title, No Man's Land. And then we're gonna, it's one more chance, that's it. Just your last opportunity is between now and next week when we do the show and you could win your very own copy. All right, let's get back to the talk about Picard, two of one. And we have one of our Pauls, one of our more than two Pauls calling in. It is Paul Harveth, who is also in Chicago. And uh, I don't know, are you recovered, rested and ready? God, no, at my age, <laughs> we left, we left Saturday. It was, it was, it was a good time and it, such a pleasure to meet Holly and so many of the uh, Mission Log crew at the gathering on Friday night. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know, at least five bottles of wine disappeared. So that yeah. was good. Nice. Yeah, we took good. pictures with just empty bottles. Of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, so, I, I want to know. All right. So you had Star Trek wine. I want to know about the snack highlights because I saw that you had some baked goods that were brought along. I did, and yeah. Holly provided incredible feedback. Um, <laughs> I, I, I offered everybody the chance to provide feedback, and um, it, it, the uh, ginger molasses cookies won the night. The yes. bread needed a little oh, right bit on. extra, and apparently the um, Stovacore cake is an acquired taste for those who, who really need a chocolate just blast <laughs> it's delightful except that like it it didn't have flour in it right right yeah so it's flourless. super dense and oh, so yeah. like i had a little sliver and was like that's enough that's, yeah. See, that's I, now we're that's talking enough. i'm all over that, that yeah, and, and ria had yeah. about 
five square inches. So she needed to stay awake longer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's a true story. She, uh, it, it was interesting to watch. Um, yeah, there was no wow. ginger. There was no cookies left. There's a little bit of cake left. We used it for the ride home on Saturday. Nice. 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 So well, I'm so um, glad you all got to hang out. Yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it was, it was fun. It was a really good time. We um, came home, watched Picard and Holy cow. I, I, I don't care if it's star Trek anymore. I just think <laughs> this is the most well-casted Trek show ever. Uh, just sit back and watch the actors act. I mean, Alison pill, Holy cow. And Issa Baronis, that, that whole, that yeah. whole, viewing of her supposed history yeah um but the sleeper in all of this is the line we are the good guys Rios. the good guys don't have to say that yes That's the line that i think yeah. is a sleeper and i think he's gonna get left behind um, i you know what i wrote down the same exchange because uh, I, I write down, you know, favorite lines from an episode. Um, what my other favorite line was Picard saying, "Fear doesn't speak in riddles," which I yes, oh, yeah, beautiful, brilliant. Uh, but the the line about the good guys I thought was so cool uh, because it shows an appropriate and learned kind of cynicism that uh, Dr. Ramirez has, and I think we can all relate to. Um, and you do have to wonder. What is Rios's fate here? Um, are are we going to lose a member of the team this way? And is that acceptable? Because the other question, the the flip side of that, and I can't remember Holly if it was you who first said, um, is Doctor Ramirez going to be like our uh, uh, Doctor uh, Taylor coming yeah. coming mm -hmm. to the future? Yeah, yeah. Like so, Jillian. I mean, it yeah. felt very that the whole the whole setup that of of her character and felt very star trek 4-esque so i but she has yeah. she has a huge mission in in this century to deal you know to help the uh, the folks who can't afford medicine yeah so i actually feel like it might be the opposite that rios might stay behind because he right. seems that's my thought very impressed and en and enamored by what she is trying to do you know because he just you know rafi in this episode is like what is this glow and then mentions her and he's like did you know that like there was nobody, there was nowhere else that they could go. She built that place for them. He just seems very like impressed by her. And I think he might stay behind to help her uh, carry out her mission of providing affordable healthcare to people who can't get it anywhere else. And maybe you, you need somebody like that who isn't a cynic, who can be a good guy, who can be a voice for that in this new bold future starting at restarting from 2024 so right. well he's maybe, just got to stick around to prove that he is the good guy right yeah right 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 <laughs> well and interesting here in the chat dave uh taylor says i just wrote on discord about rio staying behind so definitely we'll check that out uh discord for our, our uh, patreon followers and then um alan says i put down rio slash ramirez odds on the discord <laughs> so that's happening as well and then chris points out makes a very good point if dr ramirez goes forward she'll have to take her kid so mm -hmm. that way so i mean he, he answers his own question though and he says maybe he can leave his emh <laughs> yeah uh yeah <laughs> yep never know she doesn't never have know. to take the kid 
<laughs> heartless. Yeah, Holly is heartless. Ask your dad about that, Holly. He's got an aunt that can take care of him that we uh -huh. know about already. All we, all we know about that kid is he just steals stuff that isn't his. So, you know, yeah. So I think I, I, the other thing I'll leave you with and let everybody get a chance in here is I think Issa Baronis may need a psychiatrist when this is all over. She mm. has played some very, very yeah. sad be um, robots or just tortured individuals. And I, I feel for her as an actress. Yeah. I mean, it's like, is all Star Trek like this? Because she's so young, right? She's early true. 20s. Yeah, I she's mean, in her early 20s. Yeah. What a crazy, crazy debut in this show. But. Anyway, just love this show. I think it's the best cast it ever, and I'll stand by that for a long time. So, Holly, it was great to meet you. John, Thank it's you. always good to see you. Yeah, and, likewise. Um, yeah. Live long and prosper, all. Take it easy. Live long and prosper. Yeah, uh, I, I got to <laughs> second that. I mean, I, it, look, we have been blessed with many great Star Trek casts over many great Star Trek series, and I think they all definitely have their strengths. Um, this one, this is one of those shows where I could look at really any character or any character pairing and go like, Oh yeah, that but that would stand on its own as mm -hmm. a series. Like yeah. you could picture a Captain Rios series or a Captain Rios popping up in more places. Definitely a hundred percent. I think that uh, Jerry Ryan is the MVP here, and I want to see more of Seven. Uh, you know, on her Fenris Ranger thing. <gasps> I well, I mean, would, what do you think they're setting up seven for, too? Because there's a lot of commentary about how she's more comfortable without her Borg. Maybe she's going to stay behind, too, because then she doesn't have to have that that weight of having been a Borg. And like socially, people are afraid of her. And she's even made comments like people don't usually like me. And and, you know, but then, you know, something's going on between them. I don't know. I think that something's going to happen with her, too. It was such a subtle thing in that first episode when they arrived in L.A. and she beams in and the kid goes, you know, are you a superhero? Mm -hmm. And she was so surprised, but so you felt the ease of her delight with that. And and just in that very subtle moment, you just go like, wow, this is something very different for Seven. Um, and I think like Spock, this is one of those characters now that we've been able to grow over a couple of decades mm -hmm. <laughs> to actually give them some life and some depth. Um, in the way that you could look at Rios's motivations for staying behind and how that would be a really good thing for him and potentially a really good thing for Dr. Ramirez and for the future that we want to happen, you can look at Seven as facing this other very real challenge. Do I stay behind because I have these strong emotional reasons to be here and just certainly the physical reality of not being Borg anymore or having that, you know, the implants, the, the implants anymore? Um, that could be a really strong character moment and challenge for her. So, I mean, argu yeah. arguably, though, like her reasoning is a lot more selfish than Rios's, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, could be, could be. Uh, by the way, Chris says Rios and Seven are going to become supervisors. <laughs> I, that could be interesting. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, I just, you know, they're so good. And of course, we've all talked about how Gerardi could be her own show. I mean, there's there's a lot going on here. So, yeah, I did. <laughs> all right, let's take our next caller. It is Cosmo. It looks like Cosmo has a red alert situation going yeah. on at home. So, uh, 
Cosmo, talk to us. What's up? How are you? Uh, I think a dolphin down at Cetacean Ops pushed a button or something. Oh, God, they about. always come on. They can't be trusted. Just, no. just yeah, flipped a fin yeah. into something yeah. on accident. <laughs> What's um, up? I, I agree. Seven has been an MVP. Um, and that's why I was kind of bummed this episode. She didn't do anything. And as far as the Mission Impossible Star Trek episode goes, you think back to the uh, uh, the Deep Space Nine where they go into Vic's uh, casino to save it. Sure. Everybody had a role in that and everybody was integral. And this didn't really play out that way. And even you think mm -hmm. back to the Royale where Riker and data had to pull off the, uh, the gambling. Uh, right. I, I was really disappointed that seven didn't do anything except a dropped line from Rafi saying, Oh, look at the life of the party. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's why, I mean, I, I, I would love to know in the aftermath, you know, when the, the actual history of the production of this show is written, I would love to know how the decisions were made to get here because it's things like that with, you know, seven really being a non-player Rafi really being a non-player here. You feel like, again, this is something that could be done very easily. And since we, split up the team ahead of time like when they first got to earth everybody is split up this literally could be just a mission that um you know picard and um well maybe picard and uh dr gerardi do on their own or uh picard and his supervisor like you don't actually have to have everybody there so it feels like for a short episode it got stretched and you have a cat in your face there is of a course, spot I'm 73. <laughs> <laughs> while i was waiting uh no attention and now she hears your voice and now she's in oh, oh. oh hello hello kitty <laughs> yes. um so I, I have long uh not liked gerardi i i do not uh, buy her defense of alien coercion for killing maddox and i do not forgive her mm. for that uh but i have greatly uh enjoyed her and the board queen the last couple of weeks so that that's working for me that dynamic it's been fun and uh, it's turned a character that i i did not enjoy seeing on screen and do a, a good presence for me so i'm enjoying that um i'm anxious to find out what's going on with q um sure because he still has some powers obviously because he was able to somehow become her therapist so right. I, did he hit the His therapist on the head Freud with a, uh, yeah, <laughs> bad yeah, Freud invention? Yeah, bad Did he Looney Tunes him and change it, take his clothes and just do a funny voice? Or did he snap? Or uh, is he Ubering to go meet with Adam soon? Or is he snapping? And, uh, is he Ubering? <laughs> you know, he had to get across town to meet with him somehow. Yeah. And, uh, so sure. I... I it's uh, coming out frustratingly slow and uh, we've got the mystery of what Corey was and the mystery of what's going on with Q and what his motivations are. So there's just seems like extra mixed mystery boxes right now for us. And uh, I want to just find out what's going on with Q and what, what's his whole plot. By the way, some very good points in here. Uh, Rand says, every time I think someone would make an interesting spinoff, they get dead. Like, Hey, I wonder if we'll find out what Hugh, Maddox, and Echep have been up to. <laughs> oh, I guess not. Um, and then uh, Sam, Sam makes a great point. He says, if they change the future back to the Federation, then anyone who stays behind wouldn't have traveled back from the Confederation in the fixed timeline. So potentially a problem there, unless this all hinges on Q and Q could let them stay there. I don't know, but that's a very good point. And then Brandon says, uh, hi from Denver, Holly, your buds miss you. 
What? Oh, <laughs> I forgot they were there. Hi, hi, you guys. So there you go. There I've been. Go. I'm sorry. I don't. I check out. I mean, I've been in Chicago and I'm just in Star Trek, and I don't even like. I don't look at the news. I don't do anything else. And coming into back into the real world, I was like, oh, there's other stuff going on. Right, right. Ooh. There is other stuff going. Sorry. On. Hi, guys. Yeah. Um, no, Cosmo, I, I really do agree with uh, with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, uh, certainly I've had uh, some frustrations with some of the characterization, and, and I feel like you know, again, this is this is an episode that was very enjoyable, but it's just so <clears throat> weird because it just feels out of step. You know, it and, and I really strange. enjoyed that moment with Picard's speech. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I really connected to that, and it was nice after Picard essentially being sidelined for several episodes. Yeah, and now he's hit by a car and maybe sidelined again, and they're going to go into his subconscious, yeah. uh, which we've certainly seen numerous times before. Uh, sure. Director Sloan on Deep Space Nine going into his uh, unconscious brain. Mm -hmm. We went into, into Loxana. And Troy, yeah. so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how see how it goes. Um, but it's definitely a, a Trek trope. But it was nice to see that speech by Picard, and I, I hope the speculation about Rios is wrong because I, I really like Rios and I enjoyed the heck out of him as the Stargazer captain. And I, I hope there's more of him. But with the announcement of the rest of the TNG cast coming back that really makes the entire cast other than Jean-Luc pretty expendable because how, they can't cram mm. both casts in together. So that's does that I mean was like, that's why I was surprised they made that announcement. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. are we? <laughs> yeah. I wish, yeah. Either the TNG cast are just going to be glorified cameos and we're going to keep going with Rafi and all these guys, or maybe multiple people are going to be left behind in the year 2024 or die or whatever, because there's not room for everybody. Right. Yeah, I, I just I I, uh, I I have such mixed and not entirely positive feelings about those cast announcements that just keep coming and coming and coming. And I hope that when we get there, uh, it's something that is organic, that serves the story and not just our sense of nostalgia, because it, it's to me, it's a bit of a slap to the very fine work being done by the actors on this show. Um, I, I refer you all to the season ender of Enterprise. Oh, <laughs> they, man. I know. Such a good episode, but why did it need to be the last? Exactly. Oh, it's it's a Valentine to Star Trek. No, 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 no it we, wasn't. You just it completely undercut the entire other cast. Mm -hmm. It was their show. So was, don't do that again, yeah, please. please. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Cosmo, any final thoughts before we say goodnight? Nope, that's it. Holly, get some rest. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much looking forward to going to bed. Thank there you. There you go. Bye, guys. All right, cheers. Bye. Take care now. All right, looks like we just have uh, one more caller this evening, and it looks like that is Chris, and I love this picture behind yeah. Chris. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. Yes, as you heard, I was also part of the Chicago squad. Yes. Um, but yeah, I had a great time hanging out with everybody, and yes, here we are. Here's me as Dr. Minglemo with the one and only Mike McMahon. He thought it was really cool. It was funny. I just ran up to him because he was just kind of wandering around the show floor. And I'm like, oh, there he is. I don't want him to get away. You know, so I just like run. I'm like, Mike, Fantastic. Mike. Mike was wandering a lot specifically. Yeah. He was very excited that so many people were cosplaying Lower Decks characters. That's so, so yeah, good. No. Hey, were you both there when the Lower Decks cast came out dressed as Lower Decks? Yes. 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 And was it mind blowing? It was 
so good. And I was, I was, I got lucky because I had unbeknownst to me got the photo with them on Saturday, and they stayed in their tunics the whole day. Oh so in my, my photo God. with them as the bird, they're all in their costumes, and Jack has the purple wig on, and it is like yeah. just one of the best photo ops I've ever gotten. Oh my God! Wow. Okay, uh, we know that they have to do a live action episode. I mean, right? come I mean, on, come on, give it to me, give it to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so then you guys were there in the room when they did the uh, the trailer tease for season three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that, and they showed the the peanut hamper poster. Peanut, peanut hamper. hamper that's Wait, based on a uh, uh, Spock uh, search for Spock poster. Every single one of these posters has been the first season poster. Teaser poster was based on the motion picture poster. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah Second yeah, yeah, season yeah. was based on Twalk. And third season yeah. is a playoff of the search for Spock with for Spock. Spock's face, like sort of floating in space. Oh, my God. They're, it, it, they're very specific choices yeah. that are being made. And Unreal. I don't know if everybody is recognizing them, but I appreciate them. Unreal. <laughs> I love it. Uh, wait, now, Chris, your mom says we have lots of that bourbon. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll tell the story quickly. Okay. Because um, I do have one thing I want to talk about. Yeah, Picard. we do, we do uh, want to talk about Picard, but now I'm so intrigued. I brought yeah. to the uh, Friday night party in mm-hmm. Paul's room, I brought some little mini bar bottles of a nice bourbon yep. that I had found. And the long story is uh, when I originally bought them up in Oregon in mini bar bottles, they were good. And I came down to L.A. and it turned out they changed the recipe so you can't get big bottles anymore. But the oh. company still makes the original recipe in the tiny bottles. And so I have a lot of tiny bottles. Oh, very cool. Okay. All right. Well, you got the tiny bottles. That's good. Bring along some of those tiny bottles. I'm sure they'll make it to Vegas. If, oh, most you know, definitely. They don't get most consumed definitely. before then. <laughs> are, they, are these good sipping bourbon or do they need to be oh, mixed? Oh, yeah. You, okay. It, um, it is probably – it's really – it's brown sugar. It's very sweet, very smooth. It is. Yeah, I, I just pour, I take a mini bar bottle and I put it and I have a little snifter. You drink uh, it neat. It's great. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Okay, on to Picard. What are your thoughts? Since we are doing yes. Picard. Yeah, um, so when I watch with closed captions, because that's who I am. And Same. when. Yep. That's when, my identity. Uh, right. <laughs> and in the scene when uh, Talon is hijacking Renee's phone and she sees she's texting and she curses in the captions it says curses or talks in romulan Romulan. yeah right yeah Mm -hmm. oh i didn't even catch that i usually can catch like romulan and klingon speak yeah and so like one that the caption said that two picard didn't notice which i found odd because i would assume he knows at least some romulan but three i am once again back on my rampant speculation that Colin is Laris, that Colin is going to retire from watching and go to the future and become Laris. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I, was, I was on that once we saw it was Orla, because mm-hmm. why would you pick Orla if there's no connection? But right. especially right. this week with the Romulan and also their sort of little flirting in Picard's who is watching over you. I was mm-hmm. like, you're setting yeah. something up here. So I think she's going to retire or like something and she's going to like sort of change her identity and, you know, kind of time loop things and she'll go back and watch him as a sort of, you know, repayment or something. 
Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, uh, all of the kind of current slate of Trek shows that are told in a serialized way, there aren't little accidents. There aren't little things like, oh, yeah, everything just, is wildly yeah. deliberate. Yeah, yeah. It, it is very deliberate. And um, that that has to be one of them. And, you know, th there was that little flirtation. She mentioned something when they're waiting in line about the way he says her name and then his tell when he lies that she's not important to him, you know? So yeah, there, there's clearly a buildup in a relationship there. So um, how how Talin plays into it, that is a very good question. I look forward to that being revealed too. Awesome. Uh, any other thoughts tonight, Chris? Uh, no, that's about it. Uh, I will post the long story of the bottles in the Discord because it's a bit funnier <laughs> when I add in some of the details. <laughs> nice. I cannot wait. That's Thank you awesome. for that tidbit of information, though. I didn't hear the Romulan, and I always appreciate weird oh, tidbits. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, did everybody enjoy the OV-165 Spike making an appearance? Okay, so I was going to ask you about that. I, I recognize that ship right away. I remember. I the, love an Enterprise <clears throat> reference. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, that an Enterprise and, thing? Yeah it's, in the, yeah. it's in the opening credits of Enterprise, that ship. Yes. Now that you say right. that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, now, see, cool. I kept, I, I had it in my head that that ship would have been much later than 2024. So I mean, apparently not, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's there. And then there was some, I, I think it was on IMDB. There was a reference to nomad. Being yeah. There's a, there's exhibit. a, there's a, a model and a poster. How did I miss this? It's I, in the back. Like okay. I had to pause it to see it. I certainly, I, I rewatched that scene with Jean-Luc and Renee having their conversation over and over again, trying to catch that. And I missed it. So, Somebody send me a time code. <laughs> Just well, somebody, will, somebody will figure out. Oh, Chris says maybe it's on the drawing board in 2024, uh, the uh, OV-165. But that's not the same ship that, uh, that young Archer is playing with in Broken Bow, is it? No, no, no. Anyway, he's got that tiny floating little... Yeah. I don't think it's the same ship. I'd okay. have to go back and watch Broken Bow, but that my first my first reaction when I uh, even when I was in the Uber watching it, Lyft, Uber, whatever I was taking, yeah. I was like, ah, that's a ship from <laughs> Enterprise. <laughs> but but specifically from the opening credits, not I did not recognize it as the ship that he's playing yeah. with in the in the first scene. And I will also say it's a little too bad that uh, they didn't go the extra step and get some NASA branding in here because there's so much real world stuff that I, I do just like, I, I kept wanting to call it, oh, they're at the NASA party and it's a NASA thing because look, there's a Mercury capsule and there's a model of an Apollo yeah. uh, capsule and service module behind them. And, you know, it's just so obvious what it is, but I, I mean, we saw, uh, we saw Saturn five too. Yeah, saw, or, yeah, yeah. Footage of Saturn V. Exactly. Come on, you couldn't get a little, you know, agreement from NASA. It's Star Trek. There's a long, long history of Star Trek and NASA. So get on it, guys. All right, Chris, thank you so much. We will see you again, I hope. Oh, definitely. Great seeing you in Chicago, Holly. Wonderful to finally meet you. And yeah. You too. Excellent. Take care, everybody. Keep doing this. <laughs> All right. With that, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the indelible Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry podcasts. If you would like to support Mission Log directly and hop on our 
very active Discord, give us a look at patreon.com slash missionlog. Special thanks to Holly, who is fantastic here on Mission Log Live. Thank you to everyone who joined us live or later, and we look forward to talking Star Trek with you next week. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.